Hello and a very warm welcome to the Women in Tech SEO podcast. I am Sarah McDowell, SEO Content Executive at Holland and Barrett, and I will be your host for today. We have Giselle Navarro joining us today to talk about remote working, a subject that I think we can all relate to right now. Um, so who is Giselle? Giselle is the CEO of Neomam, a creative studio on a mission to produce content that people want to share. With a background in link building, Giselle leads a fully remote and multicultural team of specialists from her home in Derbyshire. So a very warm welcome to the show, Giselle. Hi, thank you for having me, Sarah. I'm happy to be here. This season is sponsored by Novos. Novos, the London-based e-commerce SEO agency, has won multiple awards for their SEO campaigns, including Best Global SEO Agency of the Year, two years running. Trusted by over 150 global e-commerce brands, including the likes of Bloom & Wild, Patch & Thread, Novos provides technical e-commerce SEO expertise with a creative edge by specialising across platforms like Shopify and Magento. They have been named as one of 2021's best workplaces in the UK and with a diverse gender balanced team are a culture first agency. Check them out on thisisnavos.com or follow on LinkedIn at thisisnavos. Thank you very much for agreeing to spend uh, your afternoon with with me. How, How are we doing? How's your Wednesday shaping up? I mean, it's almost coming to an end now, so the future looks bright, and <laughs> <laughs> dinner is in the air, um, and it's, it's been good. I think it's, it's, I've been quite busy uh, this week, so I'm a bit more tired than usual, but I hope I can deliver a good podcast, um, and yeah, it's been, it's been good. How about you, your Wednesday? I mean, I've no meaning to brag, but I have had today off, so um, I'm feeling quite zen. Like I uh, fell asleep earlier listening to a podcast um, in the sunshine. Um, So that's the kind of day that I've had. (laughs) I mean, Um, I'm not envious at all. (laughs) At all. At all. I can tell. I can tell. So, Giselle, um, please can you give our wonderful listeners a brief overview of yourself, what you do, and how you got into this world of SEO? Yes. Uh, so, I lead the team at Neomom Studios. Um, so, basically, my day today is just working with everybody um, who helps us in the creation and the promotion of the content that we, we make for, for our clients. Um, so my background is in link building. So I started uh, in SEO back in 2009. And I think by 2000 and by the end of 2010, it was quite clear to me that link building was my thing and I really liked it. Um, so I ended up in SEO because I, I used to work uh, in sales and I was actually quite depressed and I felt that I needed to change something. Um, I was too young to feel the way I was feeling, I felt at the time. Um, so I just quit my job and I went online to see what I could do from home. And I, I've, I've always had a blog since I was a kid. So I kind of knew things about SEO. So I, I did put myself out there as a freelancer um, and I started, you know, getting paid, I don't know, 50 cents an hour to 
to write meta descriptions and things like that. And over time, I I, I started getting closer and closer to some agencies, uh, and just the rest is history, really. I from there, I kind of got into SEO seriously, not just because it was the one thing I could do from home, but also because I I really found it interesting and challenging. And in terms of Neomam, I joined Neomam uh, seven years ago as the head of outreach, and I just grew from there to lead operations and now as the CEO of the company. So no pressure for me now, <laughs> uh, but it's it's been a it's been a ride and one that I enjoy, which is the important thing, I guess. Well, thank you uh, for sharing that story and for being very honest there. Um, I would like to move on to a quick, quick fire round of questions. So just some stupid questions that I'm going to ask you. Okay. And I just want you to um, sort of clear your mind and answer the first answer that comes into your head. Okay. Okay. Ketchup or mayonnaise? Mayonnaise. Do you have a bedtime slash morning routine? No. Um, do you think socks and sliders are acceptable? What are sliders? So sliders are like a sandal without, it's got like a, you must have seen it. Um, oh, where... yes. So like Birkenstocks. Yes. Like that. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Not acceptable, no. <laughs> Not acceptable. You've heard it here first. What's your go-to breakfast food? Oh, porridge. Porridge. Ah, what are you putting on your porridge? Uh, strawberries, bananas, blueberries, almonds, uh, nuts, and sultanas. Very healthy. There you go. <laughs> and what are you fancying to drink right now? Uh, I mean, I would say another coffee, but I just finished one, so probably they shouldn't do it. But yeah, another coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, you survived my round of quickfire questions. Yay, that's great. I was a bit scared when you said that you would just ask random things, but that was nice. It's just silly ones, yeah, silly questions to, to really to get to know you, Giselle. <laughs> there you know. Now you know what I eat for breakfast and that I don't like socks with my burning socks. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> So this is the um, the Women in Tech SEO podcast. So I have to ask you some questions around this sort of subject. So first things first, what would you say empowers you to be the brilliant woman you are today? Oh, uh, that's a good question. To me, it has to be just looking how, f- like how far I've come and just seeing every time I look back, I, f- I feel stronger um for things I've overcome the things I've learned um you know the the people I got to work with the people I've met in my life the decisions I've made that were good the ones that were bad I think all of that I I don't let the past or mistakes I've made become a place I I don't want to go to in my mind I actually like to use that as as a reason to you know to keep going and to feel strong and I guess that's what empowers me in my past. What one bit of advice would you give women starting out in the industry? Don't burn yourself out. Don't just feel like you have to work double because you're just starting or because you're a woman. 
Um, because I think we, we do make that mistake sometimes when we're new at something that we just want to give it our all. And sometimes actually taking a step back and, and resting is equally as important for you to learn. Um, your brain needs it. So, you know, I know that you're super eager to learn and to just get into it, uh, but give yourself time to rest. Now then, um, before delving in today's topic about um, working remotely and managing remote teams, um, you've been CEO of Neomam for nearly a year now. Um, firstly, like congrats uh, for getting that Thank role. You. That, that's prob- like amazing. Um, so, I mean, there's so many questions I could ask you here, um, but I think I'm going to keep it quite simple and go with what's it been like taking over leadership of the agency from the founder? So how have you found CEO life? I guess I thought at the beginning um, that it would be one thing and now I can see it. it's another. <laughs> so I yeah. guess it was a little bit of a ride, particularly because it all happened during, you know, the whole pandemic situation. So... I think I had a plan set for the next 10 years for the agency and the things that we would do. And suddenly it became quite clear that I needed to be in the moment uh, more and not so much in the future. Um, so being more aware of the team, of how they were, how they were handling the situation in their, in their countries. You know, everybody is living something quite different because everybody has different lockdowns. They're all in different countries. So being there to support the team, um, I think I, I knew I was going to have to do that, but I didn't feel that, I didn't really think it was going to be such an important part of uh, the role. And, and it became, you know, the, the key of my role is just having calls with my team and being there with them. Hmm. Um, so I think that was also quite different from the way in which the founder or the previous CEO used to run the company. Uh, maybe because I, I don't know, like how like a, a modeling thing, maybe, I don't know. Um, but I really got very close with everybody. Um, mm. And every decision I made throughout the year of new things we were going to try or decisions to you know say no to business or um, I don't know, to let go of clients or anything that I, I did a decision really came from responding to what I felt the team needed. Um, And I think that really shifted what I thought, you know, as a CEO, you're going to be setting the pace and everybody's going to be following you and all that. And I think there is a lot of that, definitely. But there is also a lot of looking into, you know, the dynamics of everybody. How are they working? What do they need? Um, mm. what's working well for people? How can we get more of that? What is not working? How can we fix that? How can we get rid of that? Um, and those big picture team decisions that I think because everybody's doing their work day to day, they can't make those decisions. And sometimes they can't even see the problems because they're inside of them. So I'm just there to try to help them see. Uh, ah, so sort of um, like a bird's eye view. Right. Is that what you're sort of talking about there? Like, because you're not, because I get that, because when you're like stuck and you're in something, because you're so like involved and engaged, um, I suppose it's hard to take a step back and like look at, look at it more holistically. Yes, that's, that's right. And I think I, I've been trying as well to create some spaces for people to 
to have time to think, whether it's that that is five minutes before a meeting with me where I send them some yeah. questions about, okay, have a think about, you know, what is something that you're working on that you're not enjoying right now? You know, what is a task that every time it comes to you, you're happy about? And yeah. suddenly they are, I think I'm helping everybody rethink the way that they look at their work and I can see how powerful that is uh, as a business. So I didn't think I was going to end up doing that when I just, you know, took the role. So, but it's been great. And I think it did change a lot of my perception of of where I would fit in uh, as a leader. So I decided to reach out um, and um, I asked the following question. So on Twitter, I asked the question, when we return to the new normal, what would you prefer out of the following? Work from home, return to the office and blended bit of both. Um, now, my research is based because it's always good to sort of, um, what's the word like, substantiate your um, research and your data. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Very so good. We got, <laughs> so we got um, around 130 votes um which I didn't think was that bad on a Friday evening do you know what I mean like solid I wasn't expecting so many actually it's great when I woke up on Saturday I was like wow that really (laughs) went somewhere um so uh, I mean I'll share the results um so 46.9% said work from home 4.6 said return to the office and 48.5 said blended so a bit of both there um so I mean are you surprised by any of those sort of stats or is that something that you would have like sort of expected to to see yeah I think I would have um I think I mean, obviously, since the beginning of the pandemic, people have been arguing whether what's better, right? Like yeah. oh, now, now that you got remote, you see how good the office is, or the other, the other way around, right? Hmm. Um, and I can imagine that if you had been working in an office for a long time, and then from one day to the next, you had to start working from home, and the process that you were working in was not ready for it if there were no systems in place, if, you know, the support wasn't there because leadership also didn't know how to handle the situation and they were also perhaps focusing on other things that wasn't that weren't just how you did your job but also how to keep afloat as a business or whatever. I imagine working from home for a lot of people has been horrible. Uh, so I wasn't, I, I, I guess... When I saw 5% of people saying, I want to go back to the office, I was like, yeah, I get it. Like, yeah, I get it that you would want to because I imagine it's not been great. Um, and at the same time, I think there's a lot of emphasis right now about hybrid, about like a hybrid workplace. Um, so I can see, uh, particularly now that, you know, the lockdown was kind of lifted, kind of, uh, People actually wanted to be social and wanting to, you know, to not be just at home working, but at the same time do want to be at home working. Um, so I, I, yeah, I saw the results and I thought, yeah, this makes absolute sense. Um, do I agree with a hybrid workplace? Nah. <laughs> nah. Uh, I guess it depends. There's a lot of things I think have to be considered, but I get it. That's so interesting because um, me personally, I 
I think like because I obviously got involved in the poll and I um, selected blended bit of both because there's times where I like um, working from home because obviously it gives you the flexibility. Yeah. But also, um, I feel like I'm the most productive as well. But then, um, so there's been like a couple of times where I've been back into the office um, and yeah, like, and I've enjoyed that um, because it's, something like yes your productivity probably isn't as high because you've got all the conversations going on around you um and like it's hard to like keep um concentration and stuff but at the same time um I get why some people like to be in the office and be surrounded by people um so yeah I get but then I also knew that not everyone works the same and I also like I wasn't surprised that there was a um well the results are pretty much the same for work from home and blended bit of both isn't it like yeah like no one wants to go back to the office full time do they yeah Um, that that is actually the results are nobody wants to go back to the office full time that's basically the headline of this of this poll um but I think uh, to me the, the the reason why I say hybrid I I think as a as a as a leader or a manager yes. or a business owner, there has to be clarity around when and why are we going to be in an office or at home. So this idea of like, oh, the office is there and you come if you want to. And if you don't want to, you don't come. I think in the long term could be problematic because either there will be a situation where there's people who always come to the office and there's people who never come to the office and it becomes a... You know, you could have communication breakdowns. You can have, uh, you know, different processes that are naturally born. So if you are in the office, you do things in a way. But then if you are at home, you know, you find a a way around the fact that perhaps this information is nowhere for you to see it because people talk about it in the office, but you are at home. Um, And at the same time, I think there is a potential of, having you know an us versus them situation from a group dynamic perspective so I think it's quite important that it's that the the teams are involved in the decisions as to like you were saying okay when is it that you feel more productive at home what type of tasks do you like doing at home how can we plan it so that you get to do those things at home that you feel better at and what type of for what do you like to be at the office? Is it specific meetings that you like to have at the office? Mm. Is it specific, you know, tasks that you work on that it's better for you to be in an office because X, Y, Z, because you don't want to be at home because you need materials that you have here because whatever. Um, But I think it's important that instead of putting it on the employee, say, to decide what they want to do, that is actually the organization that thinks about it and that builds a system that allows for people to be in and out of the office and still connected the same way and still collaborating in a, in in the, in the same in the same way not creating different dynamics of okay if you're from home you know you're going to miss out on certain things or if mm. you're at the office you know you don't have to do these extra steps anyway because you're at the office now even though perhaps there's somebody from home that would need you to do those extra steps because they would have no visibility if you don't do them you know so I think that's something that has to be thought about. When when we're talking about managing remote teams, um, how how do you build trust in culture? 
Yeah, so I guess, I mean, culture is, it will depend on the company, right? So what the culture is for that one specific company. Obviously, obviously, if you, as a leader, if you don't set the tone for your culture, then culture is going to be born regardless. So if you say, oh, we have no culture, that's just silly. It's like, well, your team <laughs> alone working together will create one because that's what we do as people when we are in groups. So suddenly we will have our own social norms and, you know, the things that we all agree with and the things that we don't agree with. So if as a leader, you are not setting the tone for that, your team will, and then suddenly you will have a culture that you might not like in your own company. Um, so I think what happens when you're working remotely is that if up to this point, your culture was, oh, we have fun, you know, we are, we are social and we... Our culture is the team activities we do. You know, we go to the pub on a Friday or we have drinks or suddenly all of those things are gone. And and you might feel like it's hard to build culture. The reality is that those things are not culture. Those things are activities. And perhaps the, the underlining thing that connects all of you is not the fact that on a Friday you will have a drink, you know. Uh, and it... I think it takes a little bit more thinking when you don't have the physical office um, for you to decide, okay, who, who are we as a team? Who mm. are we, you know, who are we as, as a company? What are the things that we have in common that for the good or the bad, you know, are the, are they connect us? Uh, what are the values that we all share? And when you are, when you're working remotely, if, if you're, values are clear and if your you know your processes that you have built and the the communications the way in which you communicate if those all of those things become can become tools for you to strengthen your values on a regular basis so you know just to give you an example our number one value is open and honest Mm -hmm. and we we are very open and honest so we are as a team, you know, in our, in our content, in our blog posts and uh, the conversations that we have in the industry, like me right now with you, I'm just, I'm telling you what comes directly from my brain without filtering it to make it look nicer or anything like that. Um, and I think as a team, we put things in place. So for example, every Friday, we all receive a small poll where we are asked uh, to rate the, the week from one to five, uh, one being I hated it and five being I loved it. Um, and then just sharing, you know, uh, something that we really enjoyed and something that we, we found challenging. And that is a key tool for our open and honest value. Um, yes. Because everybody, I think the first time that you actually go in and you, you put two there and you say something challenging that was really terrible and somebody else from the team gets in touch and says, hey, I read about this, how are you, how can I help, or whatever. You realize that actually being open and honest, it's, a, it's, it's good, right? It's rewarded, it builds trust. Um, so it, it, this is a very specific case because it's just, you know, it's just our, our, our value that allows us to build trust. Um, but it's a little step that we put along the way that makes it so that this value is alive every single week. Even if you've been all week not having to have a tough conversation and an open and honest, you know, putting on the table 
this is not working for me on a Friday, you're going to have to, because you're going to get an email that's going to ask you what the challenge was this week or how this week was for you. And that is your, everybody's open and honest in that one moment. And I think it keeps that value relevant and happening all the time, in addition to all the other times when we are open and honest with each other. Um, so I think that's the type of stuff that you can do. I mean, you, you should do those things as well when you have an office to keep your values alive, other than yeah. just put them on a poster or, you know, paint them on the wall. Um, and I think remotely it takes, everything takes, it's more intentional. How about um, training then? Is there any sort of um, challenges or advantage when it comes to training remotely? Yeah, I think obviously, I, I think this is one of the key things that I, I've seen discussions around and I've been pulled into discussions about, you know, oh, you can't hire junior team members because you can't train juniors. Uh, they have to be in an office. Yeah. They have to shadow. They have to be there with seniors. And the way I go around there, I, we have hired and trained many juniors. I actually have two juniors in training right now. So we have found a way around it, which is, you know, a very well-documented onboarding. Uh, normally, I will, I go as far as to schedule their first depending on whether they have worked remotely before or not, one week, two weeks, or a month. So I schedule the whole thing so that they start fitting into a routine uh, so they don't come from, I've no, I don't know what I'm doing, to suddenly I'm working on my own and nobody's here to tell me anything. They actually know exactly, particularly for the first two weeks, okay, what's going to happen? Who should I talk to? What am I going to be reading? Uh, what task am I going to be working? I always try for for people to start working within the first week. So I don't do a full week of, you know, meet the team, have a call, have another call, read another post, read another guide. Mm. I plan it so that the first day is definitely a full on reading and setting up your computer and getting all the tools ready and everything. And then from now on, from the second day onwards, it's always, you know, you read something in the morning and you do a task in the afternoon connected to what you read. And then the next morning, you're going to have a call with somebody about what you just did. So it's a constant, you, you read something, you absorb it, and then you go and you apply it, and then you get feedback on it, and then you start and read another thing. And within two weeks, I try to get juniors to be working side by side with, with the senior. So if it's, for, for example, from a point of uh, promotion outreach, they would share a campaign. So you have a senior being a lead in a campaign and a junior being a support. So that means, you know, the senior will set the strategy. The junior gets to see how the strategy is set. Uh, they share, they work within the same spreadsheet when, you are, when they're building the contact list. So then even though there are different tabs, the junior is constantly looking to what the senior is doing to inform what they are going to do. And similarly with their pitches, you know, the senior is going to write the pitches and then the junior is going to write the follow-up pitches and they work together. It's built yes. so that they are actually shadowing each other better than if the junior were to just be sitting by the side of the senior as the senior is just working. Um, so I think that's the way in which I would recommend if, if anybody, you know, is, is, is going to be continuing to be remote and is going to be uh, training people from scratch, 
just think about the training and just think think about the pieces and how can you pair how can you initially you know give them the information and get them working on the specific tasks right away so that they're not just absorbing a lot of information that they they don't know what to do with so are constantly absorbing and applying and absorbing and applying um, and then how can you pair them up on small tasks so that they can work together with a, a senior whether it's if it's a writer you know they can write and then the senior is, is editing them so then they can they work together in the same document it's important that they get to work together I think that's when they really do learn from from each other, and it even happens for 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 a senior. You know, they suddenly will get asked questions that usually in their day to day they don't get asked because they're just doing the job, and they're surrounded by other seniors. And then suddenly, for them to be working with a junior, it, it refreshes their view of their job. So, if anything, like having juniors around is really is really good. So, yeah, that's what I would say. Um, and we probably got time for one last question. Okay, so um, what about when it comes to um, PDPs? Yeah. Or, um, so does that differ um, when working remotely? I imagine it does. Um, but again, how and what are some sort of like the advantages and disadvantages? Well, again, I think it depends on how you do them, uh, like how, yeah. what the approach is. But the usual PDP approach that I know of of the different places I worked in is, you know, there's a document somewhere and you go and you you fill in your view of what, how you did and then your manager comes and they fill in their view and then you have a conversation and there's some goals set and then you go on until the next PDP when you find out if you've done a good job or not and then again, you know, it comes the next month or two months or whichever, you know, how, how regularly you, you do them. Um, I think working remotely, feedback, this is the same if you're in an office, but working remotely, especially if feedback has to be uh, immediate. You can't let things do or, you know, assume that uh, you can't assume anything, really. You, you need mm. to be clear and transparent because you are not, you know, you don't have, you're not reading uh, body language. You're not, you're not seeing or being able to oversee kind of what somebody's doing. You you really have to clarify. So if somebody is, you know, if a mistake is made, you you need to go in right away and find out, you know, what happened there. But not from a point of, you know, oh, you made a mistake, you silly person. <laughs> uh, it's it's more around, oh, you know, I, I noticed this happened here. You know, could you walk me through what you did? And then use every single opportunity as a as a feedback uh, opportunity instead of you know saving everything for a meeting that you're going to have at some point where you're going to round up a list of things mainly because when you're working remotely you are building as much as the company and as an organization we have to give processes to people you are yes. going to build your own processes uh, you're going to build your own routines and you're going to build your own way of doing things because you are alone so the more that actually you're receiving feedback on a regular basis the better for you instead of me allowing you to build a routine that you really got stuck in and then coming, you know, once a month or once every three months to tell you all the things that are wrong, that it's going to be really hard for you to change because of how routines work. Yeah. Um, so I think <clears throat> what's important is that ongoing feedback. And then if you do, I, in my personal way of doing it, I do have one-to-ones with people and my one-to-ones are all around what's working and what's not working. 
So, you know, what's working well for you, what's not working. And I do the same on my end. So what, what I see is working well and what I see is not working. So we are focused on something specific instead of going through every, okay, let me just score you on a scale, on a scale of zero to five. How good are you at, yeah. you know, effective communication, five. It's like, well, I mean, I think when you are remote, all of that bureaucracy, it can be lost and it can, it can just become something that it just seems from, it seems ancient, really. It's like an old-fashioned way of actually telling me what you need from me. Uh, because I'm at home, it's like a very private situation. You're working, but you're in a house, you know. You're so I think you're more open to you're more open to feedback, and there is more opportunity to have private conversations that are truly private because you're at home, you know. Yeah. So actually, using those conversations to go cut to the chase, you know, what's working well, what's not working well, um, and then having some next steps and being able to follow up with regular feedback and not just oh let me just pop it into the document so I can talk about it on the next PDP two months from now I think that type of of uh, of that type of feedback loop I don't see it working well for remote work but that's again obviously as with everything else I've said that's my opinion <laughs> yes yes and uh, it all comes from like the experiences that you've had and uh, yes exactly your company and yeah um wonderful right well um thank you very much for sharing uh, your knowledge on uh, today's subject are you ready for a bit of fun no <laughs> <laughs> my answer there Giselle was yes of course I am and here is my game face let's do it Okay, so um, it's a fun little challenge. So uh, basically, I want to see how many questions you can answer in 60 seconds. Okay. So you have a minute. Um, and there is a theme with these questions. So they're all based on the colors of the rainbow. Um, okay. So I, I did this last uh, with my last po- podcast guest, Lydia, and she got nine. So do you reckon wow. you can beat nine? No. But, you know, if I do, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. Come on, get some fighting talk in you. Okay. Right. Uh, Well, I'll count count you down and, yeah, we'll see how you do. So, three, two, one. What is the most used colour in national flags, blue or red? Blue. Unfortunately, it was red. What percentage of the world's population have blue eyes? Eight or fifteen percent? Fifteen. That was eight. What do you get <laughs> if you mix red and white together? Pink. Yes. What colour is the Grinch? Green. Yes. Fill in the blank. Green with Every. We'll pass. What colour are school buses in America? Yellow. Yes. Uh, the stars on the flag of the United States are what colour? White. Yes. There are four scenes named after colours. Just name one. For what? There are four seas named after colours. Name just one. Uh, I don't know. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll pass. What colour are sapphires? Blue. Yes. Time is up. <laughs> there you Do you go. want to guess how many you got right? Do you reckon you beat Lydia? No, I didn't. 100% I didn't. <laughs> I probably set myself there for that, but 
Yeah. <laughs> well, you got five, so not not well, that um, short of yeah. Lydia. She just stole it. Oh, yeah, so. that's good. I mean, I I have no idea how I would do in this because you've got the pressure, haven't you, of the time going down as well of uh, remembering the answers to the questions. So yeah. I think five is a very good score. Well, thank you very much. I think I shouldn't have. I was just. I'm, I'm also. I'm very. I'm a big fiddler, so I'm fiddling with like this toy car, and I just kept looking at it. It's red. It's like red, red, whatever, red. It's like, well, even in the first one, I should have said red. And my brain was like, no, don't say red. That's a toy car. Blue. No, it was red. So, yeah. <laughs> right, Giselle, if people want to carry on the conversation with you, how can they do that? I mean, Twitter is a good place. Uh, if not, LinkedIn. So on Twitter, I am Ishbin Giselle. So that's I-C-H-B-I-N-G-I-S-E-L. Ishbin Giselle. And if not on LinkedIn, Giselle Navarro, I don't check my LinkedIn that often, but when people message me, I always get back to them within, you know, a couple of days. So yeah, that's, those are the best places. Wonderful. So make sure you hit Giselle up. Um, and I would just like to say thank you for listening to the Women in Tech SEO podcast. We are available on all your podcast playing platforms. If you want to find out more about the podcast, sponsoring opportunities or how to apply to be a speaker, visit www.womenintechseo.com forward slash podcast and you can also find the podcast on twitter we are at tech seo women pod and then um to find out more about the brilliant women in tech seo community and if you don't know much about it and you're not involved i really urge you to check it out um, and you can do that by visiting www.womenintechseo.com because it's awesome and an awesome community to be involved with. Um, right, Giselle, uh, there's nothing left for us to say, but goodbye until next time. Thank you so much for having me. It was really great. And it was great to meet you. I don't think we ever talked. So thanks so much for, for inviting me. And I hope everybody likes this podcast. I'm sure they will love it. Thank you, Giselle. <laughs> and um, goodbye until next week.